You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wake Up with the Warriors podcast. This time we're recapping Game 3 of the Western Conference Semifinals between the Warriors and the Rockets. A lot of excitement coming into this game to see whether the Warriors could take that commanding 3-0 series lead and essentially end the series early, or whether the Rockets would get back into it at home. First two games of the series, while weird and at times sloppy and at other times injury-filled, have been exceptionally close and made for a very um, dramatic and theatrical basketball. The first two games were were determined by a combined 10 points. And Game 3 lived right up to that billing. This game was pretty exciting, front to back. Uh, it was not a incredibly great game if you're a Warriors fan, but it was an exciting one. Warriors jumped out to a very quick lead in this game. They got some very early energy and momentum, and for just a few minutes there, it kind of looked like this was going to be it, that they were going to put their foot on the Rockets' collective throat, and that Houston was going to roll over after this bizarre season they've had and and call it a day. Credit to the Rockets, they had no such plans. They were unfazed by the Warriors coming in and, and kind of sapping some of the energy out of out of their home building for the first few minutes. They recovered very nicely, took the first punch on the chin, came right back, and started taking it to the Warriors. Ended up being a, a back-and-forth fun first quarter in which the Warriors were leading by one point at the end, 26-25. to 25. Then the second quarter came, and really this is one of the pivotal moments of the game. The Warriors, as they've been doing for most of this series, went deep into their bench to start the, the second quarter. Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson were out there with the second unit, but the second unit went deep. It had Alfonso McKinney, it had Kevon Looney, and it had Jonas Jarebko. So kind of a bizarre lineup, and that was when Houston really started to attack really started to take it to the Warriors, started to get some separation. And by the time we got to halftime, the Rockets had a nine-point lead. While that's obviously not insurmountable for this Warriors team, the momentum had clearly shifted, the energy had clearly shifted. In many ways, it kind of felt like this might be that game that you anticipate to come eventually in the series where Houston takes it to the Warriors a little bit. The Warriors go, all right, we'll get you next game. That didn't happen either. Uh, the Warriors came out of the gates firing in the third quarter. Kevin Durant had an icy cold first half. Had some nice plays, but just missed a lot of shots. And he came out in the second half and just started taking it to the Rockets. Warriors offense finally started really clicking here in the third quarter. After having just 49 points in the first half, they, they poured in 35 points in the third quarter. 
which we've seen them obviously go a lot higher than that, but this game was played at a very slow pace. 35 points is pretty impressive given given the pace. And this this was when it turned into the Kevin Durant show. Durant was nothing short of spectacular in this game. He had his highest volume game in a very long time. He took 31 shots, made 14 of them, including 6 of 10 from distance, 12 of 12 on free throws, finished with 46 points, 6 assists to 0 turnovers, and just 1 foul. So he played really, really, really well. Unfortunately, the defense that the Warriors had been playing so well with in the first two games of this series, it wasn't there. Especially wasn't there in the third quarter. Even though the Warriors scored 35 points, they allowed 33. So they were still trailing by seven going into the fourth quarter. In that fourth quarter, they slowly chipped away the lead, eventually retook the lead, and we went back and forth and back and forth all the way down to the wire. Things got interesting and tense and a little bit sloppy as we went into the the final minutes. The isolation that has kind of determined this series in all three games seemed to get a little bit sloppier, a little bit uglier in the in the final minutes, even though that's how the teams had been playing the whole game. The Warriors had a very bizarre situation in the inside the final minute where they had an opportunity in a tied game to go for a two for one and they didn't. So that was very weird. And then the Rockets had the ball. Chris Paul kind of inexplicably with less than ten seconds left in the game drove into the lane into traffic. There were three or four Warriors players around him. Didn't even try to find any open man. Didn't try to get the ball in James Harden's hands. Just drove into the congestion. Ended up being a jump ball with one and a half seconds left. That sent the game into overtime. In overtime, it was really more of the same kind of quick but sloppy play. Back and forth. Rockets took a little bit of a lead. And the Warriors were unable to catch up to them in, in the final minute of overtime. The Rockets ended up winning 126 to 121. And there are two different ways that you can look at this from a Warriors standpoint. There's the optimistic view and the pessimistic view. So regardless of whether you're looking at it optimistically or pessimistically, Steph Curry had a bad game. There's there's no other word for it. He he played poorly in this game. I've been very defensive of him and the criticisms that he's taken in these playoffs because I think he's played, while at times not quite up to his standards, still at an exceptional level. And that wasn't the case today. Today he just didn't play well. Or yesterday, I should say. He did not play well. He shot 7 of 23 from the field. The shot just wasn't there. 2 of 9 on threes, 1 of 3 on free throws. Four assists to three turnovers. Foul trouble again with five. The defense that has been really good, in my opinion, in the first two games of the series was not good in this game. Um, you can go down the line of Rockets guards in this game. James Harden, 41 points, 14 of 32 shooting. Eric Gordon, who was Curry's main assignment a lot of the time, 30 points, 11 of 20 shooting. Chris Paul, 14 points, 4 of 8 shooting. Those guys cooked the Warriors, and it's not all Steph's fault, certainly. 
but Steph had a bad game on on both ends of the court. Clay Thompson hasn't gotten the headlines for having a bad game because he's Clay Thompson, not Steph Curry. The the headlines don't follow him quite the same way, but he had a, a pretty bad game. 16 points, 6 of 16 shooting, 2 of 6 on threes. He did have 8 rebounds, which was nice, but he also had a pretty tough defensive game. And obviously, if you want to make excuses for them, they both entered this series with sprained ankles. Curry dislocated a finger in Game 2. They're not at full strength, but they're not going to use that as excuses, especially with the injuries that James Harden sustained in Game 2. So the simple fact of the matter is Curry and, and Clay didn't play well. They combined for just 33 points on 39 shots, 5 turnovers, 8 fouls, not very good defense, 4 of 15 on 3-pointers. So if you're a pessimist, it's pretty easy to look at this and go, alright, these guys are struggling. So far in this series, Curry is shooting 35.3% from the field, 25% on 3-pointers. Game 3 was especially egregious. He missed 6 shots at the rim, including kind of the emblematic play of the game the Warriors were down five in overtime with a little over 20 seconds left Curry sprung free for a wide open layup that would have cut it to a three-point game still with about 20 seconds he went for a dunk for whatever reason he missed and and that was that was the game the Warriors didn't even foul after that that was just it it put the nail in the coffin both kind of logistically with the score and emotionally with the narrative that was the night for him he finally got that wide open shot he was looking for and clanked it with both a bizarre decision to go for the dunk and a bizarre play to then miss the dunk so anyway I got sidetracked there a little bit but Curry's true shooting percentage in this series is 48.5 percent that is right around where you expect a Russell Westbrook to be just for some uh, perspective, Clay Thompson hasn't been much better. 50.8% true shooting in this series. Um, and those guys aren't averaging that many points either. Not surprisingly, given the efficiency, Curry 18.3 a game, Clay 16.7. So the pessimistic view is these guys are really struggling. What are the Warriors going to do here? The more optimistic point of view is. The Warriors just got one of the worst games that Steph Curry has played since he became Steph Curry, all-time great player, two-time MVP, light the world on fire superstar. This is was pretty undeniably one of the worst games he has played in this dynasty. So you pair that with Klay Thompson not having a good game, and the Warriors still took it to overtime on the road. So that's your kind of pessimism versus your optimism is whether you look at how badly they played and and see that as an issue going forward or you look at how badly they played and go, wow, they were one extra three from one of those guys away from still winning this game despite those poor performances. So game four is going to be very telling from that standpoint because we're probably going to get some answers on that front. 
and it could end up turning the series one way or another. So before we wrap this up, just wanted to point out a few other things. One area where the Warriors got destroyed in this game where they hadn't in the first two games was on the offensive glass. They gave up 17 offensive rebounds this game, and it kind of came from from everywhere. Clint Capella and P.J. Tucker both had five offensive boards. Nene had three in just nine minutes of play. Ethan Strauss pointed out that the Hamptons' five lineup gave up 12 offensive rebounds in the game after giving up just three offensive rebounds in the first two games combined. So there were issues there with effort. There were also issues just there with scheme. Houston made some adjustments, credit to Mike D'Antoni there, and the Warriors are now going to have to make some adjustments for those adjustments. Keeping with the trend, the Warriors... um, Defense, passing, glue guys, mold, continue to play exceptionally well here. Talking, of course, about Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green. Both of them have been aggressive offensively, and it's been huge. Draymond had a triple-double tonight, 19 points. He was the Warriors' second leading scorer. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, shot 6 of 10 from the field. Iguodala had 16 points, shooting 6 of 9 from the field. So those two have been picking up a lot of the slack offensively with, with the Splash Brothers struggling to score. And the Warriors need that, and it opens up the game for Curry and Clay. And if those two start making their shots, I would certainly assume that the Warriors can win some games here with ease. But with this 126-121 victory for the Rockets, they make things interesting. The Warriors now lead the series two games to one. Game four is Monday night, 5.30 p.m. on TNT. It's in Houston again. The Warriors are either going to get a commanding lead or they are suddenly going to have one heck of a series on their hands. And it's going to be fun to find out. So we'll be back with another episode after that. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great rest of your weekend.